Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we are getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and it's great to be here with you. If you didn't get the memo, we now have a Facebook group. So definitely make sure you go over to Facebook, if you have a Facebook profile, and search for Practicing Human. You can request, we'll accept you, and then you'll be part of the group. Within the first 24 hours of that opening, we already have over 200 members. So I'd love to have you there. It's a great way for us all to collaborate, for you to comment on episodes, to ask questions. I'm very active in that group. So I'd love to see you there. But now, we're here. So let's start our episode as we normally do with the bells. If you're new, I'm going to ring some very pleasant sounding bells. And your task is just to listen to the sound of the bell from the moment it begins all the way until it dissolves into silence. And let's remember there's nothing particularly special or holy about these bells. We're just using them as a way to anchor and ground our attention, which is priming us to be a little bit more receptive and present for the content in the episode. So we can look at it as uh, a priming exercise in that way. So here they come. Ah, well done. And just notice like any subtle shifts that you might have experienced having done that short focus exercise. really didn't take longer than 12 to 15 seconds. And there can be something very grounding in that. You didn't have to go off and meditate for a long period of time. Just this short uh, focused attention. And practice bringing that into other areas of your life as well. Even in a conversation, while you're driving, while you're eating a meal. We can attune to what's here right now, and it does have a settling effect often for the nervous system. But moving into today's episode, I found out that I missed World Kindness Day. I think it's called World, World Kindness Day. Maybe not. International Kindness Day. Something about kindness and a day devoted to it. And uh, didn't realize it was, well, technically today, but you're hearing this tomorrow, so the day after World Kindness Day, and I feel like, well, bummer, kind of missed out on that, could have done a cool episode, but then I was like, hey, better late than never, let's just do it today. So that's what we're going to focus on today, and instead of focusing on bringing kindness to other people, we're going to focus on bringing it to ourselves. But Corey, how could you be so cold-hearted and selfish? Ah, hear me out for a second. I know there's a big emphasis, well, so it seemed on Facebook, World Kindness Day, sending lots of kindness to other people and the world, and all of that is so important. And I think often when we think of kindness, compassion, love, we often think of extending that outwardly. And of course, we know right, we need to extend it to ourselves as well. But that tends to be a bit of an afterthought. And in doing the work that I've done over the years, I've seen that it's actually very difficult for many people to bring that kindness to themselves. So in the spirit of World Kindness Day, I want us to focus more on that. And here's another key piece, which is that as we develop that more internally, it organically extends outwardly. And it's a much 
more pure, full, and unconditioned, unconditional kind of kindness and compassion toward the world when we are first full with it ourselves. Now, that can sometimes be a little controversial, even though many of us have heard, like, we need to fill our cup before we can give others water. Is that even a phrase? I don't know. But I think you've heard, like, that notion before. Um, But a lot of times within certain meditation practices or, like, loving-kindness meditation, if we have trouble bringing it to ourselves, like the loving kindness, compassion toward ourselves, we might extend it outwardly to others. If you're confused on loving kindness, don't worry. It just involves saying kind phrases to yourself and then to other people. But much of the time, we'll start sending it to other people first if we have trouble bringing it to ourselves. And that's good. It, it can work. But the primary use of that has to be to first get in touch with what is like this this compassion, what does it feel like in my body? And then very intentionally redirect it back to ourselves. So the outward extension is actually more in service of getting in touch with what an inward offering of that to ourselves would be so that we can become more full. And then there's an organic extension outwardly. That's, that's, a, that's a very pure offering. And now your presence your presence is just kindness. Your presence is compassion. And maybe you've met people in your life that sort of emanate this, that are, that are deeply comfortable, aligned, and uh, friends with themselves. And you, you just feel that ooze from them. You, you feel like a, a permission to be yourself around them. You feel their kindness, not because they said anything particularly nice, but just within their presence, there's there's a sense of, oh, this person cares about me, cares about my, my well-being. That's more of what I'm interested in, more of what I'm interested in us exploring. And, uh, and when I say that, I mean kindness itself. Like, what does kindness in the world look like toward other people, the environment, animals, other beings, we can bypass the very necessary inner work of moving toward a better relationship with ourselves by simply trying to just bring this kindness to everyone else. And then, like, it, it's good, right? It's still kindness, uh, but it often has uh, more hooks to it, right? We're kind of expecting something in return or when we do offer it out, we don't feel as full. Uh, so it's just, it's not the same. And I'm rambling on this, but it, does, it does feel like an important point, And hopefully it's, um, the poignancy is, is coming across. So all of that to say, like, we're just going to explore what self-compassion actually is and what it can look like. And fortunately, this is something that has been heavily studied, increasingly studied in recent years. Uh, specifically by Kristen Neff, Dr. Kristen Neff, I should say, who teaches out of the University of Texas. And what her research has shown is that there are three core components to cultivating self-compassion. The first is self-kindness. The second is a sense of common humanity. And the third is mindfulness. Oh, how wonderful. So we'll break those three down just a bit. So self-kindness. She says self-kindness versus self-judgment. And this is pretty straightforward, but this is more or less like our ability to be a little bit more gentle with ourselves, to cut ourselves some slack, 
to see when we're caught up in that uh, beating ourselves up na- narrative. Like, why didn't you get that right? Like, what's wrong with you? You you never get anything right, or you're not lovable, or um, you're an idiot. Whatever our narrative is, and some of us have a different tone to our narrative, have a different narrative to the narrative. Um, it could be more aggressive, less aggressive, but most of us are going to be familiar with what what that judgment toward ourselves can feel like. And the first step is just being able to to see that, to recognize it, and to shift the tone of it a bit. It doesn't mean that we now just ha- like get to give ourselves permission <laughs> to do whatever we want. And if like we've been sitting on the couch for 12 hours with a bag of potato chips, right? Th- it doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to be kind to myself, like, let me just do this, right? On some level, you could argue that that's actually hurting you. But it also doesn't have to be like, look at me again, here I go again, on the couch, Netflix binging, Game of Thrones, third bag, but like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this right? Right? That would be more of like harsh judgment. You can still be, uh, you can still hold yourself accountable to the person you most want to be, but you can do it with some self-kindness. So in that situation, the the self-talk instead of that aggressive narrative could be more like, yeah, man, I know we're, we're here again. I don't, how did this happen? 12 hours on the couch, Game of Thrones, third bag of potato chips. We, we definitely can't keep going on like this, right? It's like, we, we got to, what needs to shift? Like, why do we think this happened again? And what do we need to do next time or what do we need to do right now to uh, to hold ourselves more accountable, to stop some of this behavior, to change? Um, and how how can we make that happen? Like That might sound so crazy to you if you've never talked to yourself in that way. But what I love about it is it's it's like a collaboration with yourself. You're turning toward yourself. You're acknowledging that, hey, being human is tough, complex. We all have coping mechanisms and we all fall into familiar patterns. Potato chips are highly addictive. Game of Thrones is freaking awesome. So, like, yeah, this can happen. And it can happen many, 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 many times. And we could beat ourselves up for it, but that's just going to reinforce some pain that's going to want us to grab more potato chips and more Game of Thrones. So that, that, um, that kinder voice, like, allows us to just be a little bit more honest, laugh a little bit, and then say, all right, what do we need to do right now? So you'll have your own context, your own experiences, your own familiar patterns, um, and just notice what your your narrative is in relationship to that. Is it more self-judgmental or is it more self-kind? And what would it be like to make it a little bit more self-kind? The next element to self-compassion that Chris and Neff talks about is a sense of common humanity versus a sense of isolation. And what this is pointing to is that often in these moments when we start to critique ourselves for things not going well or not being the way we want them to be, we tend to take that as an isolated experience and go, you know, it's just me that can't get this right. Or everyone else looks like they have their stuff together, but not me. Uh, Nobody else struggles as much as I do. And what the common humanity piece is pointing to is just like, hey, actually, you're not alone. Uh, if you act, if you had a window into each person's life, you would see them in their own vices, their own patterns, their own struggles, their own frustrations and not being able to get things right. We all have it. It's just you can't go through this human life without some of that and often a heck of a lot of it. 
So this this next step to a little bit more self-compassion is just, again, recognizing that being human is complex. You're not the only one going through this. Everyone's working through their struggles. It's not you and then everyone else kind of has it all together. We're all working through our own stuff. Maybe another person you know, has it all together with the one thing that you don't, but the other thing that you have it all together with, they might not have it together with. So being able to relax into that understanding just helps normalize some of the things that uh, often feel just me or very personal. And it's why on a retreat, like when we do a meditation and someone says, you know, I'm, I'm scared to say this, but like, I can't stop my mind from thinking. The first thing I'll do is say, okay, did anyone else notice that there were a lot of thoughts going through their mind? And then like everyone in the retreat raises their hand. And I tell that person, look around. Do you see? <laughs> and they go, oh my gosh, I thought it was just me. It's a, it's, it can be a radical moment to see that, oh, I'm not alone in this experience that I often perceived as just me. So just coming back to that sense of common humanity. And then the third thing that leads to this self-compassion is mindfulness, which we talked about extensively in episode three and really does form the foundation of so much of my work and what I perceive to be necessary to live a really fulfilling life. And in the context of self-compassion, what mindfulness is pointing to is this ability to to drop in, to feel what we're feeling, to notice the thoughts that we're having, to not have to beat ourselves up for having those experiences or to try and make them different, but just being present with, oh, this is, this is what's here now. And that creates a groundedness. It creates an openness. But it also creates a quality of clarity for us to see clearly, like, what, what is the alchemy of, of this judgment? Like, how is it all kind of coming together. Oh, they're the thoughts. They trigger the emotions and then it triggers the despair and the hatred toward myself. Right? When we can start to hold that more with a little more clarity, then it's not running in the background on automatic pilot in our subconscious, just completely controlling us. And so bringing it outward so that we can see it more clearly and, and see it clearly with a groundedness, like there's a steadiness in our um and our awareness of it, well, then we're not as identified with it. And this thing that we were taking as our, like, who we are and almost the depth of our being and our identity, it's just like, oh, okay, there, there's that pattern again. There's that thought process. There's that emotion. And I, I totally understand if you're hearing that and being like, one, that how does that make sense? Or two, maybe I've tried that. Like, I've heard about this mindfulness thing and Sometimes when I hold these experiences, like they don't go away, they still feel painful. And and I want to honor that. And I also want to say, stay with it. Um, and when you feel some of that stuff come up, like the difficult thoughts or the painful emotions or the like beating yourself up again, like one, some of those patterns can be really deep, but just continue to practice just to watch it, just to be like, oh, there it is again. There it is again. There it is. Relax into it. Take a deep breath as if you were watching a movie. It's hard in the beginning because we're so used to gripping onto these things and being deeply identified with them. But the more we can soften, the more we can observe those thoughts like clouds passing through the sky, 
the more we can feel and drop into an emotion and give that emotion space, the more these things have the opportunity to to kind of arise and then to start to pass and not get so stuck by our incessant need to suppress, deny, or numb to these experiences. So three things for self-compassion. Self-kindness, sense of common humanity, and mindfulness. Try to bring these more into your day today and in your life when you're going through something difficult or you find yourself beating yourself up. Just a little bit more self-kindness, a recognition that everyone goes through this, and a little bit more presence to hold it in mindfulness. The science shows that the more we develop self-compassion, the more resilient we are, the less emotional we are, and the more we're able to assimilate life lessons from our failures. So it's actually giving you an edge. The idea that you need to be self-critical and self-judgment in order to be successful, that's just being debunked. You can absolutely hold yourself to a high standard and way of being, but be a little bit more kind to yourself in that process and collaborate with yourself and all the different parts of yourself to achieve and become the person that you're trying to become. Okay, so happy belated World Kindness Day. I hope you found some value here. Remember, we have the Facebook group, so search for Practicing Human on Facebook. Join the group. Join the community. Awesome. And as you see, we don't have ads on this podcast at this point, so the one thing that you could do if you're enjoying this and you want to be able to give back a little bit is just log on to iTunes, leave a a comment, a review that goes such a long way for the algorithm. It's always about the algorithm. But if something's to be successful in social media or podcast world, right, reviews, ratings go a very long way. And um, that would be one way to just get back if you're appreciating what you're hearing so far. So as always, if you want resources, text your number to, I always do that, text your email address to plus one, if you're out of the country, plus one, 631-337-8298. 631-337-8298 and you'll get a bunch of meditations, book recommendations, app recommendations and there are some self-compassion book recommendations on the 7-page mindfulness starter kit. So make sure you uh, you do that to get those. Okay, how about we close with the bell? Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And until then, take care.